The following content is rated explicit for language in adult situations. So listen with headphones. Or don't. We don't judge. Have you ever wished that your world had more magic? Or that your favorite character had survived? How about a full-length spinoff of your favorite childhood series? Then do we have a podcast for you. Hello, Fire Whiskers. I'm Claire. And I'm Kat. And this is Fire Whiskey and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length Potter fan fiction. The Debt of Time. Each episode, we read a chapter of this story. And try to stay on topic. Which is easier said than done. Without further ado, here's this week's chapter of The Debt of Time. So... Bless me, fire whiskers, for I have sinned. It's been six weeks since my last recording. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's just, it's been a fucking shit show. Um, Surgeries, caring for children who decided to go full WWE at daycare to the point of getting kicked out of school. I went back to work. Uh, It's a cat, graduated college again. Um, For the very last time. You said that last time. I know, but this time I mean it. Especially when I'm working. Absolutely not. It was easier when I was home all the time. Yeah. Absolutely not. Um, Annabeth has had some, you know, just super busy shit at work and her kids getting bigger. It is it is much harder. I thought it was going to be harder with him as a newborn. It is significantly harder with him as a toddler. Mainly because bedtime got pushed back. My son now goes to bed usually around 7.30 or 8, which means the earliest we can record is 8 to 8.30 because my husband up until like two days ago was not physically capable of kneeling down or picking up our child because uh, he is recovering. Um, but he is recovering quite well. Uh, so I was on solo parent duty for basically anything kid related. If my kid was awake, I could not be downstairs with the door closed. Um all of that being said, now that his bedtime is 8 o'clock, that means that is 9 o'clock cat's time. And Cat and I both wake up very early. I wake up at 5.30 every morning. Um, I don't know what time Cat wakes up, but uh, when it takes 90 minutes to record an episode and then it's 10.30, it's kind of late for, you know, early wake-ups. And, well, we're in our 30s, and frankly, sleep is very important. Also, actually, I'm kind of glad I'm getting to say this before Hannah Beth gets on, just because... I think I figured out my issue with the senioritis. You and I had been on such similar tracks and so close for so long, even with the distance. And I really think that it all changed when I got engaged because it was the same time everything kind of went wonky with your relationship. And we just ended up on two completely different paths. And all the things we used to have in common, we didn't have in common anymore. I was getting ready for a wedding. You were hating anything with a penis. Um, <laughs> and anything with a vagina and anywhere in between. You just didn't like people for a very long time. Yeah. Um, and then... Brianna was the only person that I could tolerate. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And like... I, you know, started working full time and dealing with fertility stuff and having a kid and all that kind of stuff. And you are navigating the work world and, you know, building your forever relationship. And 
I realized the other day that... If we don't have this podcast, then what do we have? Well, and it's not even that. It's the... I have lots of friends who I talk to every day, every couple of days via text, whatever, and we might miss a couple of days, but not many. But because of the podcast, we do talk every single day. Because of the group text, we talk every single day. And once the podcast is over, I don't like I <laughs> I don't think we will, but I am scared that once the podcast is over, we'll lose that closeness. And I'm not ready to let that go yet. And I'm going to make myself cry. What do you mean yet? That sounds like that you want to at some no, point, no, which is annoying. No, no, it, it means that I know this thing we've built together. It, it's <laughs> when I lived in Key West, you were my workout buddy and you forced me to go to your house and work out at your gym and cook dinner together before Dancing with the Stars. And when I moved, I didn't work out anymore because I didn't have anybody there to make me do it. Um, you know, when I was in the army, I journaled every day because there wasn't anything else to do. But once other things came up and my life got normal again, I didn't journal anymore. And are you okay? <laughs> Sorry, this is so not funny. It's so not funny. But even though I understand where you're coming from, because I've had the same thoughts too, and I'm not trying to be like that person i'm not trying to be that person while you're trying to be emotional because i get it and i feel you but i'm still gonna be asking you random questions like i did today like claire does tiktok do this because my jaw is making me do this and i don't know yes! how to do this because okay. i don't use this app and Perfect. then okay, eventually i'm gonna be like Cla and then eventually i'm gonna be like claire i'm tired of putting shots in my butt like please tell me that this is worth it i don't want to put shots in my butt anymore it, it is like, not worth it cat they are so expensive my yeah, son's favorite this thing is to really do annoying what yeah. oh no no i meant my butt not a kid's butt my butt yeah no no my kid like, his new thing is squealing at the top of his lungs every 15 seconds for why? two hours straight why? why do they do that what is that what is that oh, phase can it please stop? my god i i the the head so i actually found out that the sound softening your plugs are actually music designed for musicians and then they were like hey autistic people really like them <laughs> um yeah so i have those and they kind of help but like recently more often than previously yeah. i have had to tell my husband i'm like i don't care if you like force feed him bluey and fucking chocolate chips i am going outside yeah. I I am I I love yeah. my son. I love my son more yeah. than Does he anything, just like walk around like ah, ah, ah. Oh my god. It's what so is that? fucking high pitched. Or 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 going full fucking WWE at daycare the other day and getting kicked out on my first day back at work. Yeah. That, at 10 o'clock in the morning. And my husband is a saint and he took off work to watch him. My crippled, decrepit husband who is still in lots of pain. Okay, decrepit and, is maybe a little bit too far. That implies he's, like, crippled because he's old. I mean, he Not crippled is. because he's not that old. He's 30s so is old. not old. He is so old. He's, like, seven whole weeks older than I am. Please stop. <laughs> but, the, no, I actually do appreciate the comedic break. But, no, I just... 
but I it's had going this, to be okay. I heard, th- like, I had this scary thought that like, I, and I think that's so. why like, yes, no, my kid has been a shit and like there really hasn't been a lot of opportunities to record. But also I think it's like, I don't think any kid with senioritis is like, oh, I have senioritis because I have senioritis. It's like, no, it's the fear of losing what you're yeah. comfortable with. It's the combination of losing what you're comfortable with and the unknown of this new adventure thing, potentially. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, yeah, trying it, to... it's going to be fine. Like, I have the same thought, but it's going to be fine. Because eventually, I will be on the path with you. I'm going to be a little late, but I'm going to be there. And I'm going to be like, did I put this diaper on right? I don't know what I'm doing. Are you supposed to do this? Because I don't know. Like, it's going to be fine. It's fine. Uh, At that point, I will have been with my company long enough that I can take longer vacations. And I'll just go down and hang out for a week and teach you all things. Well, hopefully, I won't be living here when that happens. Yeah, And and even better, because then it'll be closer to me. I will stab myself in the (laughs) face. However, we did come up with agreement the other day that because I am not getting any (coughs) younger and I am in this place where it's like i don't care about my situation cut this out i don't care that i am going to be abby because that's probably what i'm end up going to be but i don't care so i said if we have to be engaged by our next anniversary so by may 1st next year we have to be engaged either on or before that time period and he agreed and i was like okay because in order for me to get on his insurance we have to be married so i said we can do you we can go to your church and your pastor can do it we can facetime claire i don't care like we you can do think this i'm go- i know i'm gonna pull what you did with jimmy but i'm gonna like have some people there and then i'm gonna okay do yeah but i had a big white fluffy wedding later that you could come to yes i know that but and i wasn't going there to do when that. you i know because i find it ridiculous yeah, okay, but okay so like, i can fly down for a fucking weekend I didn't want to get married without my friends. I did it because my husband was going to go to Afghanistan and I was terrified he was going to die and yeah. I was going to end up poor. But here's the thing. Kenneth is a so girl romantic. and he, he wants all of that. So he's probably going to force me to do it even though I don't wait, want to. Wait, can I so. – wait, th- just throwing it out there. My friends eloped with friends. They went with like 10 or 15 people, friends and siblings. Um, and they did all the big, white, fluffy things with the 10 people, just so you know. Yeah. But he so they wants did all the elements to do it. So he okay, wants to get okay, married okay. in so, his church, which okay. I don't really give so two we have about, like but. me and he can grab a groomsman, whoever his best man is, Jason. and d- we'll just chill. Is it going to be Jason? I feel like it's Jason. But anyway, yes, it is going to be Jason yeah. because once the people who own the Dolphin Deli, once they sell their house, him and Jason and this other girl who's her their niece are going to own the deli. So Jason's going to be half owner of the deli fancy yeah so um, i feel like that just like so much big news just got dropped out of nowhere oh yeah yeah hi hey you walked into a big moment oh we're already recording by the way are you i recording? was recording before okay, i entered good, the good, meeting because i expected that perfect um yeah but you have to you have to bring the hippie with you too claire i, can't I, I will bring the hippie with her me. either you have to bring the hippie with i'll you. bring the hippie with me um i haven't spoken to her in a long time but she's great <laughs> Uh, I I know I've been meeting like she sent me a text like a week ago and I still haven't responded. Dude, she texts me like every four days. She's like, "Hey, do you need this?" And I'm like, "That's oddly specific and weird." And she's like, "Yeah, I but I found it for like really cheap." And I'm like, "Oh, okay." I I feel like Crystal. I I was never like that. Oh my god. Anyway, um, 
This got suddenly hot in here. It's getting hot in here, so take off all your clothes. I am getting so hot, I want to take my clothes off. Anyway, uh, the other exciting news is I went back to work. um, And I, not going to lie, so I went through the whole process. I actually got a lot better. Um, My big points of pride were that... I had a day, obviously, where my kid was really rough. He's been really rough recently. Um, love him to death, but he hit the terrible twos a month before his second birthday. And um, I hit a point where I was like, I'm getting snappy. And it is not because anyone is doing anything deserving of being snapped at. I just am getting escalated and, you know, over-emotional. So I... Need a second. And I looked at Jimmy and I'm like, this may seem dumb. I'm like, I'm going to sit here and breathe. I'm not sitting here doing nothing. I am breathing and centering. If you need me, like emergency, say my name. But for the next, I said, it's probably only going to take a couple of minutes, but just woosah and don't need me for a couple of minutes. I need to calm down. He was like, okay. And I just kind of sat there. And I breathed and I focused on my breath and I kind of, as you're breathing, the things are like, I'm angry about. And it's like, okay, but is that worth being angry about? A little bit. Okay. Now, why is that making us angry? Is it because that person did a bad thing or is it because that we are not in a place where we can deal with that? Oh, we're not in a place where we can deal with that. Why? Oh, well, this other stressful thing happened and they're kind of piling up. Okay. Is there anything I can do to reduce that stress? No. Is there anything I can do to fix those things? No. Are they going to have continuing negative effects on my life forever? No. Were they frustrating? Yes. Are they over? Yes. Fuck it. Let them go. And I was able to do all that in three minutes. And at the end of the three minutes, I said, okay, I'm good. And he's like, okay. You know, still cooking his you know, rice. And I was able to be like, hey, bud, you want to go get your energy out in the backyard? And he was like, yeah. And it And it took me 10 and a half weeks to learn how to take three minutes to breathe. But that, but that's huge. That is huge. And I, my boss was very supportive of this. And when I reached out to her and told her that I needed to delay a week, because I was like, look, this was supposed to be, you know, I I think grand total, it was going to end up being about nine weeks. And I was like, this was supposed to be, you know, I was supposed to come back on the first. I said, My husband, I learned my husband needed surgery two weeks in. You know, I lost a friend in a helicopter crash. I'm like, everything has been insane. We just got back to some sort of normal schedule. I need a week of normal. And then I, because I said, I don't want to rush. When I come back to work, I want to feel ready. And I don't want to feel like I'm leaving things undone. And she's like, and all she said was go through the process, which is exactly what she said to me. That was the last thing she said to me as I left that last day. She was like, go through the process. Don't think about anything. Just go through the process. And I was like, okay. And so that's what she said. And I was like, all right. And I'm not going to lie. Like she's still new to me. I don't have given my past history with bosses. There's a lack of trust there just because it's like, okay, well, I've trusted the good bosses and they seemed really great. And then they fucking left me. So yeah, I do have a little bit of, you know, are you going to turn around and, you know, do this thing that you said that you weren't going to do? And so there was a little part of me that was like, when I go back to work, she's going to nitpick and she's going to find something legitimate to fire me for. 
Today we had our second one-on-one. It actually worked out last week. She was out the first two days and then in a workshop this last three days. So like she didn't need anything from me. So I got completely caught up on all my trainings, completely caught up on the 2,671 emails. I'm going to get that like tattooed on my body because that number is tattooed on the inside of my eyelids. It's a lot of fucking emails. Anyway. Is it bad that, I guess it's close to the same amount of time as I had off for mat leave. That's 10 and a half weeks. I had 16 weeks for mat leave. Oh, and I'd gone in, I'd had a panic attack two or three weeks into my leave, realizing that I had not, oh, that I had not submitted my expense report. I need to submit my expense report. Uh, I hate expense reports. Just mm, as a second. I hate them so much. Uh, but I realized I hadn't submitted it. Mm. So I was like, shit. So I like ran to go do it real quick. And then I was like, eh, I'll go through emails. And I think I cleared out about 300 emails that day. Got it. So it should have been more, but whatever. Anyway, got through all my emails, got through all my training, got to set up my planner the way I wanted it to, you know, reach out to some people, you know, get things reset, like really and truly started with like the cleanest fucking slate I could. And so we had a one-on-one that was pretty rushed on Monday where it was just like, all right, word vomit, everything that needs to be on the list. We'll figure out priorities later, but let's just get everything on the plate. And so she did. And then today, you know, we went through all of our stuff, you know, I was running through things and, you know, hitting this. I'm like, got this halfway through this, partway through this, blah, 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 blah. And she was like, we have two minutes left. And I really want to take a minute just to say, she's like, I wanted to do this sooner, but you were really on a roll. She goes, how are you doing? And I was like, I'm doing good. And she goes, no. How are you doing? Is this too much? This has been a flurry. It's been very busy. Are you handling it okay? Do we need to delegate things? And I was like, (sighs) I said, honestly, truly and genuinely, I am doing okay. I'm like a little bit frazzled just because it is a lot coming at me quick. I said, you know, I'm trying to get my sea legs back, but I said, I am not overwhelmed yet. I said, you know, I'll feel a little better, you know, next week when we can really sit down and go, you know, here's the list in order that they need to get done. But I said, you know, really and truly for right now, I'm like, I am okay. And she goes, okay, are you taking time throughout the day to rest? Are you breaking? Are you taking your lunch breaks? And I was like, yes. And she was like, good, keep doing that. And I'm like, okay, I'll work for you until the day you die. (laughs) But anyway, no, she's. No, and that's why, like, my, my physician was like, you realize when you come off burnout leave, you're going right back to the job that you burnt out on. And I'm like, yes, I know. But I have a different boss, and I genuinely think it's going to change things. Yeah, sounds like it did. So, yeah, no, like, I I genuinely feel good about everything. Um, she's been amazing. Uh, so, yeah, no, it's been great. And with all of that... Uh, what had happened? Don't even ask me. They got don't married. Don't even ask me. They got they, married. They got married. Okay. That's it. I don't even fucking know. Yeah. Also, the- I just need to say this. I will probably be able to cut it out, but um, today is Colin's first night in a big kid bed, which is a whole long story. Mostly the story is he keeps trying to climb into his crib. He never tried to climb out of it. He keeps trying to climb into his crib, and then the way his legs would go through, he'd kind of get his feet stuck in the bars. It was was always when I was in the room, but it never failed to make me have a slight panic attack that he was going to, like, dislocate his knee in the bars. (laughs) Anyway. No, thank you. And then the second thing is, he has not lasted in his crib for more than, like, two hours. 
in a month. In a bag. And I'm done. I'm so done with it. We tried so many different things. He Part of it was that he was teething, and then um, he went through a huge growth spurt pretty close together. He was, like, teething, growth spurt, teething. And so we just kept going, like, oh, it's fine. It's whatever. And, like, sometimes he'd end up back in his bed in the middle of the night, like, at 1 a.m. or 3 or whatever. But pretty solidly the last two weeks, I have gone to bed at, like, 9.30 or 10 because he has woken up. He goes to bed at between 7.30 and 8. So he's, mm-hmm. like, definitely asleep in his bed by 8.30 on a long shot. Yeah. So I've been in bed between 9.30 and 10 for the last two weeks. So he will settle back down and go to sleep. So he'll That's sleep with us. Rough. It's insane. So anyway, yeah. all that to say, he's very excited about his new bed and has not quite figured out what's going on. Um, That's so, amazing. So bed is a little bit longer than usual. And I keep hearing him like squealing or giggling or crying <laughs> or doing all sorts of stuff through the wall. So who knows yeah. what happens. Yeah, it, it, it'll it'll be good for him. Um, it should be good. I'm very excited, and I'm trying not to get my hopes up. This is going to be like the magic thing that fixes everything because oh it God, might be. We need it so bad. Yeah. No, my kid. He went from being an angel going down to nightmarish, and now, as long as he is in his bed, I'm like, all right, buddy, I gotta go. And he starts to cry, and I literally I bolt out that door and I close it because the second the door is closed, he goes. <gasps> And then he lays down and goes to sleep. And I'm like, you motherfucker. Is that magic? <laughs> yeah, no. If I stand by the door and I'm like, it's okay, but I, I can stand by his bed for 30 minutes and he'll cry the, like, whimper and cry the entire time. The second I walk out the door, he's fine. And I'm like, got mm, it. Yeah. Okay. I will say that um, part of it is that I'm still breastfeeding some. And so it's mm. also a weaning tactic because we're totally changing up his sleep associations. So yes. that it's no longer, like, we moved. His rocking chair, which he always sits in to nurse with me. Um, so, like, if I even sit down in that chair, no matter what time of day, he's like, hey, 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 what's up? And I'm like, no, dude. Um, so I'm very done with that. And so we're just trying to, like, come up with new options. So we're Cabbage kinda, titties. Well, it's not – it doesn't really matter that he's not getting hardly anything from me. It's It's like a comfort thing at this point. Yeah. Completely. No, I just mean cabbage titties because they don't – like, one, it'll help with drying up, but two, cabbage titties just smell so bad. This kid loves cabbage, so that's probably not going to help anything. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, the nut of time. All of this huge lead up to say epilogue, part one. Oh. Family. June 21st, 1999. With the ceremony over, everyone went inside to the ballroom that had been opened for the first time in over 30 years. Doria and Charles had rarely used it. Sirius and Maya walked into the sound of applause as guests grinned at the newlyweds. Though the ceremony itself had been small, the reception was open to everyone, and soon Wizengamot members and old Hogwarts professors graced Potter Manor, now considered the noble and most ancient house of Black, since Harry had decided to rebuild the cottage in Godric's Hollow, so he and Ginny could move in once they were married. Wait, pause. I had a realization, um, I don't know, in the intervening weeks since we last have recorded. Is Potter Cottage, like, the cottages in Nantucket that are, like, enormous mansions? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like yeah. in the north or like Martha's Vineyard. Like we have a cottage in Martha's Vineyard and well, they're like 5,000 square feet homes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, I'd clock it at probably like 2,500 square feet-ish, maybe a little bit bigger, because it looked like it was maybe three stories and fairly wide, but not huge. I realize that that's not a thing in the UK. It just really made me giggle internally, because I watched way too much, like... And it's like, oh, cottage, cute, tiny house. And then you walk to the ones in Nantucket and it's like, well, it was more that I watched Gilded fuck? Era stuff and they were like, you know, talking about the Aster Cottage and <laughs> in Martha's Vineyard. Asters. Oh, was there like, was a TV show with the Asters. I can't remember. Was it called Guild? Gilded? The, uh, like the Gilded Age. There's a new Gilded. show on HBO Max. It's yeah, fantastic. No, it's just for the record. Anyway, it just anyway. made me giggle thinking of Potter Cottage as not this tiny, cute little English countryside home. Well, I mean, it was on a square so it wasn't in the countryside i mean they had houses i guess that's side. true it wasn't in the countryside it was uh it's like in a, in a little town grosvenor square in village. or whatever in the village <laughs> greenwich <laughs> now i'm just picturing an apartment building anyway um <clears throat> round tables were set all around the room covered in black tablecloths with red accents delicious food prepared by tilly was served on silver plates with gold chargers each charmed centerpiece provided by Fred and George was a large hourglass that poured champagne instead of sand through the middle. Beautiful vases of pink lilies de- decorated the room, while family members, which included the Greengrasses, Malfoys, and Weasleys, sat at the large tables near the front. The high table was reserved for Pack. Maya leaned over Sirius to ask Harry, How long did he wait before he took the shirt off? Ginny smirked. He did it just as the boys were joined to the circle. Shit. Maya reached into a small bag that she had stored in the pocket of her robes, withdrawing a few coins and passing them down the table to the redhead. I was sure he would have it off before the circle even formed. Sirius, in mock protest over being used as a prop for a bet between witches, stood up and took Remus's hand, predictably dragging his protesting friend onto the dance floor. Maya and Tonks sat side by side, watching in amusement. Tonks flung up a muffliato to prevent eavesdropping. Can I tell you a secret? Maya's eyes widened expectantly, and a grin broke out across her face. You're... Tonks smiled, bobbed her head, and winced anxiously. How do you think he'll take it? Maya looked over at Remus, who finally had given up the struggle, dancing with Sirius in earnest. Both men seemed to be confused as to who was leading. I think that, even if he freaks out, he'll have us all to fall back on and remind him of how great family is. Oh my god, I'm so glad I'm not reading. My throat hurts so bad. So does cats. What is going around? It's um, going around the pod. Um, it's either Colin got a weird cold and shared it with us because he was snotty a couple days ago, or... um. Whatever storms we had for the last week blew in so much shit. I think it's a combination of the two, personally. Because he was, it's been, like, he's fine now. But Mike and I both, all day today, are like, like, all of our sentences are just junk. Anyway. October 31st, 1999. Harry and Ginny had a surprise wedding at Potter Manor one weekend in late August. They told their family and friends that neither wanted the publicity of a large wedding, especially so soon after the first anniversary of the end of the war, but they did not want to leave everyone out of their special day by eloping. 
Molly had been a bit put out that she was not allowed to plan a great big celebration, but she was thrilled to officially welcome Harry into the family. Everyone was happy that Ginny was able to enjoy the small celebration that they did have, because up until days before the wedding, she apparently had caught Tonks's bout of stomach flu. It turned out that Harry, like his father before him, could not only be consistent in forgetting silencing charms when in the heat of the moment, but other important spells as well. That and, despite Harry's brief status as a potions prodigy during sixth year, neither he nor Ginny were adequate enough at brewing to make a contraceptive potion. Maya teased Ginny and Harry relentlessly for months until she woke up Halloween morning with a new reason to dislike the 31st of October. Morning sickness. Sirius brought her ginger tea for her stomach and peppered her face with kisses, speaking endlessly of her brilliance before he sent a hasty Patronus off to Remus and Harry, allowing the two to duel over title of godfather. Remus, overjoyed for his friends and finally having calmed down over the news that he, too, would be expecting a new arrival, relinquished the position of godfather to Harry, who eagerly accepted it. December 5th, 1999 much to Hyperion and Laurel's annoyance, their eldest daughter married the youngest Weasley's son in the orchards of the burrow. Draco's prediction had come to pass. Instead of ritual robes such as Maya had worn, Daphne was covered by layers of white that Molly was pleased to note puffed out a good meter all the way around. A, me- a meter all the way around? A meter. Because... Uh, That's a little over three feet. I know. All I can think about is, do you remember in, like, early pandemic days and people were just, like, making arts and crafts, like, nobody's business, and also trying to keep people away from them, and there's a couple people who made enormous dresses. (laughs) The fucking, like, hula hoops and giant dresses to keep people the fuck away from them. That's what I think of every time I hear that part now. Anyway. Where the fuck? What did you lose? How do I keep getting chocolate on my hand? <laughs> I, I don't. How is the? Ooh, I don't know where this is coming from. I don't have any chocolate. Um. Well, that's weird. <sighs> and funny. Thanks for reminding me. I had a cookie. Oh, why is Claire eating? Because <laughs> she. Because she hates me. We're almost done, and she to get. She's seen writers. <sighs> Whatever. Draco's prediction had come to pass. Oh, fuck. I already read that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Solid meter all the way around. Ron, back in training to become an Auror and passing his exams on his own merit, wore proper dress robes and stood with Harry by his side. Maya, followed by Ginny and Astoria, led the way for Daphne down the aisle where she met her groom, and the two were joyfully bound together. January 1st. 2000. The pack rang in the new year together at St. Mungo's when, after going into labor and refusing to allow Andromeda and Narcissa to deliver her second child, Tonks was ushered into the hospital by an achy Maya and Ginny, both largely pregnant and fussing over their shared pains. Hope Hermione Lupin came into the world with sandy blonde hair that did not change. Remus held his daughter in his arms with Teddy on his lap and declared that it had all been worth it. Greyback's original attack, 35 years of lycanthropy, over 400 full moons, and two wars. Sorry. (laughs) The fact that my voice didn't jump 
And I didn't just burst out with, fuck. I was trying to hit mute so fast, so hard, and it wouldn't click. I was so mad about it. My professionalism was so good. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Over 400 full moons and two wars. Every scar on his body and life was worth it at that moment. Sirius and Narcissa picked a fight with one another outside Tonks's hospital room when they could not agree if Godfather or Godmother would hold the baby first. It didn't matter, of course, as Remus passed the baby into Maya's waiting arms, and she grinned smugly. I'm surprised Maya was... Well, I guess she's Teddy's godmother. But Yeah, but he's, she's also Remus's beta. Oh, yeah. So spirit. Yeah. His heart, not his soul, or his soul, not his heart, whatever. Soul, not his heart. April 15th, 2000. Unlike Tonks's labor with hope, when Ginny started having contractions, she was stuck at Shell Cottage, surrounded by witches and a flu network that had been temporarily closed for repairs. Patronuses were sent across Wizarding Britain, and soon the entire Weasley clan, followed in by the pack, were at Bill and Floor's door. Tilly was there to watch over Teddy, Victoria, and Hope, while Dobby looked on with wide, anxious eyes, overly eager to welcome in the first Potter baby born in over 19 years. When complications arose and Molly kicked everyone out except for Harry, the large family sat outside of the small cottage, hands gripping tightly as they waited for news. Fucking Bluey. It's a boy! Actually, it's a girl. It's a girl! Sorry, that just popped into my fucking head. You have to say that I'm having a baby, but it's coming early. I'm having my baby! Oh no, I wasn't supposed to come until this afternoon! So funny. Oh god, I love kids. Anyway. <clears throat> it's a boy! Harry shouted as he stepped through the door, announcing the birth of his son to an expectant crowd of family and friends. Hermione? Ron? He called to his two best friends and godparents of his heir and invited them in to see the baby first, followed by Arthur and Sirius, who were the closest thing to fathers that Harry had. Maya nervously stood in the corner while the baby passed from Molly to Arthur to Ron and eventually to Sirius, who grinned at the mop of hair that was almost as black as Harry's, just as messy, certainly, but with a tinge of red marking him a weasley. James Sirius Potter. Harry named his son proudly, and Sirius blinked away tears before gently placing the child in Maya's waiting arms. Oh no. Fuck you. What? You'll understand in a minute. Her bottom lip quivered. Unlike her husband, she did nothing to stop the flow of tears that cascaded down her cheeks as she smiled down at the little boy in her arms. She brushed her fingers over his mess of hair, unsure if her heart was breaking all over again or being permanently repaired. Placing her lips gently against the baby's forehead, she whispered, Hi, Jamie. God damn it. <laughs> Every time. God damn it. I'm about to get my period, okay? I was like, what is else could possibly make you. Oh. Fucking hi, Jamie. Every goddamn time. It's. It's. Yep. Yep. 
Nope. It's I skip Maya's, ahead as I read. I do too. But also it's Is it it's because not that. your it's eyes are Maya, going faster than your brain or your brain is going faster than hasn't your eyes. seen a genie in nineteen years. And so she's call it, she's nicknaming baby James Jamie. And it's also what she said the first time she saw Harry. Which fucking wrecked. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I was kind of talking about Claire's reading and messing up. Uh, that's what I was asking. I was like, is it your... Oh, yeah, no, I I can read and, like, my brain memorizes, like, three to four lines ahead. Especially if they just... It's, like, a sentence that makes sense and there's no big twists in it. And yeah. I can kind of skip ahead to see what's coming. And that one... Is it hard for you to get out, like, things in a row? What do you mean? Sometimes. Because, like, I, this is old news, but because I'm still fairly new to the clock app, I feel like I'm still catching up on all these videos. But, so, you've seen that one where it's like, I'm going to think you're LGBTQAW until you come to me out as straight or whatever. So, I saw a video of this guy who saw that video and was like, with my ADHD brain, like, Legitimitaqua is so much easier for me to say than LGBTQIA because I literally yes. have to slow my brain down to do that. So he was like, I love that we're going to start calling it that because that's better for my brain. But I was just wondering if it was like that because the way he was explaining it, I was like, yeah, it actually kind of flows better. And like the funny ones are like, that sounds more bougie. Yeah, we're going to be calling us that from now on. <laughs> like... Yeah, I agree because it makes it a word and not an acronym. And it a lot of times, this is my problem, and it was always my problem with like reading out loud in school. Is like I, to myself, silently can read yeah. so fast that my eyes are and brain are so far ahead of where my mouth can physically speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though I'm a great reader, I have to really take some effort to read out loud. Yeah, because I actually found that very interesting because I was like, yeah, I I actually like that because sometimes even when I say that, I'm like, okay, how many letters are there? Because I always get confused and there's always ones that are added. And then I'm like, is the IA there? Do we say plus now? Like, I don't know what to do. So I just like legitimitaqua because like (laughs) it covers all the bases. I was just like, that's fascinating to me. Yeah, my... My issue is that my brain will, like, skip, <clears throat> and so I'll, like, start saying a word, and then I'll finish with the word that I was planning on saying three words later. That's um, why Micah struggles with reading, um, yeah. is because uh, his his eyes don't stay in the right spot. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not quite the same, but it's like his eyeballs don't stay in the right spot to um, move And you have to think about in the, the order that-, that they are actually written in. But you also have to think about the fact that I have double vision 24-7. God, that would suck. The fact that, yeah. So, like, I basically have to force one of my eyes. Usually, if I'm reading, yeah. it depends on what side of my body I'm reading on. Um, so, like, right now, what I'll do is I'll just force my right eye to go as lazy as it can. Because the farther away the two images are, the easier it is for me to just read one of them if they're right next to each other. Because, like... My parents used to really push me to try and use both eyes to read together. And I'm like, now as an adult, and I'm like, I, I understand why they did it. It makes sense. 
make, you know, my eyes work together so that when I'm staring at people, I, the meanest thing a boy ever said to me when I was in the process of breaking up with him because he was a fucking asshole was, who are you talking to? Me or the soda machine? Because one of my eyes this was off. bitch. And I have never fucking forgot that. That's I inexcusable. Almost you fucking don't punched have him to be in the such face. a dick. You should have. So that mm-hmm. it probably would have broken your no, hand. And the, th- and the thing was, he told it, but he told that story repeatedly as a joke for years because we unfortunately stayed in the same circles, and that. But now, as an adult, one, if I need to, like, pull my eyes together for pictures, whatever, I can. If I'm reading, fuck it. I need to go fast. I'll, you know, skip one eye off. But, yeah, I think, you know, the convergence insufficiency plus ADHD plus a traumatic brain injury. My verbal issues got significantly worse after that. Um, But, yeah, no, it's just, eh, you figure it out. But, yes, no, things like LGBTQIA, for for me, just because I say that so often... I can say it, but um, yeah, there's a lot of things. Yeah, it's hard for me because I don't <clears throat> say it very often and I have to be like, am I missing a letter? Am I saying this in the right order? I forgot. <laughs> and, well, my, my issue is I turn all acronyms into words in my head, but they're not always pr- pronounceable. Yeah. Um, so. Which is why, <laughs> which is what I also do in fantasy books that I don't know exactly how to pronounce that thing. And then it's in your yeah. head for the rest uh, of yes. the Princess series. In the land of... <laughs> and and you they have time talking. on the top of the castle. Of <laughs> and then yeah, you hear no. somebody talking about it and you're like, what? What are you talking about? So laugh my ass off. In my head, it Lameo. does not sound... Yeah, it's Lamau. Yeah. And it it actually doesn't sound that clunky when I say it out loud. But lol, Lamau. Um, there was one thing it's like at work, it's M-A-T-C. In my head, it's Matsy. Always. And it is such a adjustment to say M-A-T-C, which is like multi-whatever. I do that. Matter. Okay, so you know what's really annoying for work for me with acronyms is that But that's also I, why you're HEB, by the way. It's how I, mean, I pronounce your acronym. Fine. I <laughs> get annoyed with that just because I there's a HEB, which is H-E-B, which is the <laughs> Texas grocery store chain. Yes. that we always grew up calling it HEB. Like we jokingly called it... I now know this is not okay, but there was a tiny, really ratchet one in the neighborhood that was the sketchy part of Waco that surrounds Baylor campus, and we always called it the Ghetto Heave or the Ghetto Heb. And I know it's not okay now. I've learned better, but like, <laughs> it's the Heave or the Heb. And so it's. But so the actual pronunciation is H E B, right? Like when people yes. are talking about the guard, if you're a local and you're saying it properly, it's H E B. Yes. Okay. It's H-E-B. It, because there's, um, if you like look at it, it's H-E-B. Yeah. Because it's the owner's name. It's his initials. That's reminding me of the time I had my husband. His name is Mike Howard E. Butt. B-U-T-T. In case anybody was wondering. Which just greets me great joy. There is a place in Clarksville called Butt Plaza. B-U-T-T Plaza. And there are only, the only... It's got room for four shops, and there's only one in it, and it's the real estate shop that sells them. And I'm like, gee, I wonder why nobody's buying things here. Maybe it's because you named it fucking Butt Plaza. 
Like, oh, where are you located? Oh my god, we Butt have plaza. got to record. Oh my god, okay, so sorry, much sorry, sorry, sorry. There's so much shit. Yes. No, we'll we'll get and through it's this. And then thirty. So okay. Pick up the pick. Sorry. July twelfth, two thousand. Summer had been busy between the second year anniversary of the war, attending Neville and Hannah's small wedding ceremony in a church outside Godric's Hollow, followed by Theo and Luna's very traditional ceremony in the middle of the Forbidden Forest, unknown to Minerva, Maya and Sirius were so exhausted that they did not even bother celebrating their first wedding anniversary. After a much-needed game of Quidditch, Sirius, Remus, and Harry found Maya lying in bed with a sleeping teddy curled up against her side, his hair a sandy blonde to match his sister's and a cooing Jamie in her arms, perched perfectly on her swollen stomach. "'I think you both have been replaced,' Sirius said to Remus and Harry with a smug grin. Maya looked up at her boys and chuckled as she played with a random curl on Teddy's head. "'Give me another week and I'll have miniature Sirius to complete my set. Younger, cuter, sweeter versions of all of you. I can start from scratch.' Her miniature Sirius surprised them all by arriving late that same night, black hair and gray eyes like his father's. The couple lay in bed, exhausted despite the surprisingly quick birth, their newborn son sleeping between them. Leo, Sirius suggested, or Regal. Rigel? It looks like it's it's Rigel spelled like Nigel. Or is it Regal? I think it's Regal. Oh my god, I've never said that one out loud. Hold on. I know, I, again, with the things that you know how to pronounce in your head, but not out loud. Now I'm, like, questioning everything, because isn't that also <laughs> one of the names? You don't know, you haven't read it. Never mind. It's also one of the names in um, Crescent City. Mm. But, yeah, I just... Spell it again. R-I-E-G-E-L. It's spelled like Nigel, which is like, was it Rigel? But no, I'm pretty sure it's Regal, but... Maya shook her head. Regulus. Regulus Charles Black. Sirius closed his eyes, sighed in what felt like closure, and kissed her forehead in gratitude. August 20th, 2000. This is obscene, Ron stated. It's Rigel like Nigel. Okay, continue. Taken aback. That's terrible. I said that as a joke. Anyway, really glad they didn't go with that name. Right? Actually, I feel like Nigel's going to make a comeback, but all I can think of is wild thornberries. That same, I was like, <laughs> hmm. <laughs> the proboscis on that man was a crime against okay, nature. But, but like, low-key, what a freaking cute kid Halloween costume for my redheaded <laughs> child. Oh, my God. No balls. No balls. Dude, I will put a freaking wig on my kid and make him Donnie. Let's do it. He likes being naked. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I met somebody the other day and his daughter's name is Ophelia. And I was like, where did you get that from? Like, you don't hear Shakespeare? You don't hear that very often anymore. Did you just say Shakespeare? I said Shakespeare. I said Hamlet, which is nah. the same thing. I was just like, <laughs> um, that's... Uh, it's also it's it's very it's, it's a very popular name that is now the third ophelia i have heard of oh, yeah okay. that's not insane to me okay that no. was especially in the me, south but okay no no it's like when penelope started coming back and people were like it's hey, old lady names old lady names agnes back, 
so many Agnes's and olives. The only olive I knew was like a 97-year-old organist that my mom replaced. Wait, for real? They're naming their daughters olives? Yeah, Drew Barrymore's daughter's My mom has olive. six olives. <sighs> That's insane. It's really cute. All I know is I'm not naming my kid Liam. There's so no. many of them. Uh, I think... It was it the Liam? most part of their name like three or four years in a row. Three. Yeah. No, Liam and... God, what was the girl one? Start with a C, I think. Charlotte? Yes. Yeah, because that I picked that fucking name out in high school. I'm pissed. Well, you're not having but, another kid, so you don't care. No, I'm not. And I also traded out. I was so because we are no longer having another kid for medical, health, financial, all those reasons. Um, if we had a girl, her name was going to be Caroline. Sweet Caroline. Exactly. Also, which not gonna lie. That would be like you could turn that into an adorable lullaby real cute, real fast. Oh, one hundred. Well, I sing "Sweet Baby James" to him all the time from James Taylor, who is one of my mom's favorite singers. But um, also uh, Ray LaMontagne, who I effing love. Jimmy and I bonded over him. Uh, he has a song called "Caroline." Oh, is he it? does. That's Caroline, right. Oh, Caroline. No, that's no. There's another one. Shit. There's so many Caroline songs. But anyway. Um, you can cut this next part. Uh, fuck me. Why is my sister calling me at 8.30 at night? Hold on. Hello? No. What's the news? <gasps> I know. Oh, my God. So you said Deutsche Bank is being forced to pay $75 million because they helped Jeffrey Epstein? Yes, 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 yes. They're doing it to avoid like more significant lawsuits, it sounds like, but like... So they're settling instead of going to court. But the nice part is, it's in headlines. It wasn't a super quiet. That's amazing. I know. Wow. Okay, I'm in the middle of recording a podcast. I'm actually really glad I caught that. <laughs> but no, that that was amazing. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Okay, well, that was a lot better than Claire. Cause the last time she called me abruptly was to tell me that her uncle died. Because that's kind of what I was expecting. But um, also hearing that Deutsche Bank is settling for $75 million because apparently they were trying to avoid going to court because they there was apparently proof that they helped facilitate Jeffrey Epstein's shit. Um, <clears throat> and it's in headlines. It is not quiet. If I never hear that man's name again, I will be ecstatic. Because that when that was happening, I could not follow Claire on Facebook. I had to mute her ass. I could not take your <laughs> shit. And I still hate it when Jeffrey you Jeffrey Epstein do that. is the reason I created my pro-politic list on Facebook and specifically did not put Kat on it. So that I could post all my Jeffrey Epstein I, shit. I was and so over you. I was. I like, just need y'all to appreciate that my internet is so janky right now that Claire is just now hanging up the phone from her call and with a frozen face of like pure shock and amazement for a solid two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it was so great. No shit. Yeah, I should probably look at my phone because I still have to read. Okay. Yeah. Let's try and get through a little bit more of this. We're we're halfway through, so we, Okay. Regulus. We, Regulus Charles Black. Yep. So let's get through maybe like two or three more and then we'll hit pause and then finish later. If Kat's not feeling up for it. Alright. <clears throat> August twentieth, two thousand. This is obscene. 
Ron stated, as he sat next to Harry, watching Astoria marry Draco Malfoy at the newly finished manor in Wiltshire. Despite being smaller than the original Malfoy manor, the home Draco built on the freshly cleansed property was larger than Potter Manor, with a ballroom twice as big. The new mansion had been constructed a few miles away from the Malfoy children's home. He could properly monitor the care of the orphans while still keeping a bit of private life for himself, Narcissa, and now Astoria, who was in charge of the management of Why the orphanage. Why are you doing that? What? Sorry, my computer was just saying, verifying Microsoft Outlook. Like, why do we have to do that right now? Oh, I you said that right as I turned my camera off to get stuff to load better, and I was like, because my computer's being stupid, and I just want to see people in real time. Never mind. And now Astoria, who was in charge of the management of the orphanage and ran the place quite well. Draped in a gown that looked to be constructed of actual emeralds and diamonds, Astoria met Draco at the end of the aisle. She stood beside Daphne and Maya, who happily wore dark green, opposite Sirius, who stood beside Draco with Theo next to him. He was aching to get out of the color as though it were staining his very soul. He did not complain, though, having been told to be a good example for Teddy, who stood near Sirius's feet in tiny dress robes. <laughs> his hair stuck on Draco's shade of silvery blonde, which just made Narcissa cry all the harder. This brought Sprosh, brush. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing. That's what happens. I knew there's an S coming up, so my brain's like, say it now. I also do that with writing. If mm. I know there's a section of a word I'm going to, like, I trip up on, that mm. becomes the beginning of that word, and it's fucking infuriating, especially when I'm working on a project with lettering. Which just made Narcissa cry all the harder, the prospect of grandchildren seeming nearly in sight. July 28th. 2002. When Scorpius Hyperion Malfoy was born on the 2nd of September, 2001, Draco lost 50 galleons to a gloating Maya, who told him that his son would grow up with a Potter and Weasley in tow. Thankfully, Astoria had been pregnant months before Ginny and Daphne, so the prospect of more golden children, as the media, apart from the Daily Prophet, had taken to calling Harry, Ron, and Maya's children, did not overshadow the birth of the Malfoy heir. I'm just saying, you named your son Regulus, Harry pointed out, and Maya crinkled her nose at him. You didn't give Malfoy hardly this much trouble when he named his kid Scorpius. Maya huffed indignantly. You leave my godson alone. A head of dark auburn hair peeked from around the corner, followed by a matching head of hair that quickly changed to honey brown. Are you talking about us, Aunt Maya? a four-year-old Teddy asked, holding on to Jamie's hand. Maya smiled at the boys. No, I'm talking about Scorpius. Brother! Jamie yelled. Aunt Myony, you see my brother? I did, sweetie. She knelt down and pulled Jamie into her arms. He looks just like Daddy, doesn't he? Daddy's eyes. Nana Lily's eyes. Maya nodded and kissed the boy on his forehead. You are so smart. His name is Albus Severus. Harry grinned at his son, and then turned to smirk at a cringing Maya. You'll get over it. I feel like that's actually completely accurate to what happened. For sure. For sure. 
My favorite part is just the meme where it's like Albus Everest introducing himself to Professor Longbottom. It's like, oh, you must be Harry Potter's son. What'd he name you after? The bravest man he ever knew. Oh, so your name's Neville Rubius. Nice to meet you. <laughs> May 3rd, 2007. You okay, kitten? Sirius asked, reaching up to feel Maya's forehead. You're looking a little green. Fine, just tired from the full moon last night, she said, not yet ready to tell him that she was pregnant again. Looking around, she noticed that there were shockingly no children underfoot. Where are the kids? It had been the first memorial gala that they all missed due to the full moon falling on the anniversary of the final battle. Instead of some big to-do at Hogwarts, the pack spent the night together at the Lycanthropes Sanctuary, while their growing brood had one of their monthly slumber parties at the manor. Jimmy and Tonks drank wine and let Tilly unabashedly feed sweets and cakes to their children. Out in the orchards, Sirius told her. Don't worry, Tilly and Dobby are with them. I made sure the wards around the river were secure. After Regulus had nearly drowned in an unfortunate accident, only to be saved by the quick thinking of Teddy and Victor, Maya had insisted that magical barriers be erected all around the manor. You off to work? She asked him, and he silently confirmed that he was. Before I forget, I don't think it's smart to bring Reggie to the shop with you anymore. Sirius whined. He loves watching me work on the bikes, though. Maya kissed his pouting lips. I know, love, but he's displaying accidental magic more and more these days, and we've talked about this. You bought a muggle motorbike shop where muggles are the majority of your customer base. I'm not going to have a situation like Ron and Daphne got in when Rose accidentally set a clothing rack on fire in the middle of a shopping mall. Fine, Sirius grumbled, but you have to be the bad guy and be the one to tell him. Maya rolled her eyes. Have a good one. Oh, remember my shift at St. Mungo's changes next Tuesday? And then there's the Wizengamot meeting on Wednesday, and... She stopped speaking when a silvery Patronus flew in through the window. The large dragon perched itself on the nearby table, and when its mouth opened, Draco's voice spoke. If you have a few minutes to spare, I'd like for you both to come down to the orphanage. I don't like that tone, Maya said, looking up at Sirius. I can open the shop an hour late. He tapped his wand on a charmed set of keys to the shop, triggered to magically adjust the sign out front when hours needed to be changed due to family emergencies. What a cool fucking trick. Can't wait till that exists in real life. God, for real. At Hermione! A red-headed boy launched himself into her arms the moment she and Sirius stepped out of the fireplace and into the Malfoy children's home. Maya held him tightly and kissed his head. Hugo, where's Uncle Draco? Upstairs with Aunt Tori, he answered. There was a explosion. An explosion? Maya's eyes widened in shock, wondering why Draco had not sounded more worried. As a healer, she expected to be called in by Draco, and had been often over the years, when there were accidents at the orphanage. Is everything all right, Daphne? Sirius asked, as Hugo's mother came to fetch him from Maya's arms. Five-year-olds, Rose and Scorpius, lingering behind her. Daphne nodded as she pulled Hugo into her arms. One of the kids had a bit of an accident. We had some visitors stop by to meet with some of the kids and... 
No one decided to meet with her for a second interview. She got upset, and then a little boy was mean, and she shattered some of the windows in the house. I've never seen anything like it. Merlin, Maya gasped. Is everyone okay? No one was hurt, just a little scared, Daphne answered. Tori and Drake were sitting with her right now. You can go on up. Sirius and Maya blinked curiously at the blonde, but began their way toward the stairs, followed by an anxious-looking Scorpius. Uncle Sirius, she's not going to be in trouble, is she? Of course not, Scorp, Sirius told his young godson, patting the boy on the head. No little witches get sent to Azkaban. And if she does, you'll break her out, right? Scorpius asked nervously, clutching a stuffed <laughs> dragon tightly in his small hands. Sirius grinned down at the boy's question and bobbed his head before following Maya up the stairs. Draco was standing outside his office waiting for them. I'm glad you could come. What's going on? Maya asked him. Daphne said a little girl showed accidental magic and broke all the windows. I was at home preparing for the meeting next week when Tori sent me Patronus, he told her. She's a little thing, too. Same age as Scorp, Rose, and Nalibus. Sirius's eyes widened. And she blew out all the windows? That's some accidental magic. Who is she? Just another child without parents. She got here a few weeks ago and hasn't so much as spoken to anyone except for Scorpius and me. Her father had blonde hair. From the information Porter was able to get from the muggles, we placed him as a half-blood wizard from France. His mother was a muggle. They died in a boat crash about three years ago. She was with the mother's second son, or something, when it happened. The girl dropped her off at an orphanage when she started showing signs of magic, and the family went mental. She's been in the muggle system for a few years before Aura's caught wind, and Weasley brought her here. Poor thing, Maya frowned, clutching her hand to her chest. What can we do? Is she injured? Does she need a healer? Draco shook his head as he opened his office door. Just, I thought of you. Astoria smiled at Maya and Sirius, and whispered to a small girl who had her head buried in her arms. Sweetie, I want you to meet some friends of ours. This is Mr. and Mrs. Black. They're Draco's cousins. Maya knelt down to get on the girl's level, and Sirius was right behind her. When the child turned around, she struggled to contain a gasp as she was met with a pair of gray eyes and a head full of long black hair. It's nice to meet you. The girl frowned nervously at Maya before her focus fell on Sirius. He smiled at her and then stepped out of the room quickly, only to return moments later as Padfoot, large tongue lolling out of the side of his mouth. The girl squealed with delight, all signs of worry gone from her face as she wrapped her arms around the dog, like most children did at the sight of Padfoot, and giggled when he licked her face. Maya stood and looked from Draco to Astoria. I take it you're suggesting something. She would fit in with little Regulus, Astoria whispered. I, I think it would be good for her to not stand out. Draco smirked at Maya. And no one's more familiar with magical adoption than you, Granger. Black, she corrected him out of habit. Porter, he said, settling on one of her many names. What's her name? she asked impatiently. Astoria grinned excitedly. That's the best part. It's like fate. Pursing her lips, Maya sighed. Fate and I have an on-again, off-again kind of relationship. Karina, 
Draco said to the little girl. Do you want to take the dog downstairs and see if he'll play fetch outside? But Scorpius would love to play too. The girl nodded, looking brightly up at the adults, and she pulled Padfoot gently by the ear and led him out of the room. Karina? Maya asked, eyes wide. Constellation name, Draco said knowingly. Not just that. Maya laughed at the coincidence, at fate. The constellation Karina contains the star Canopus in it. It's the second brightest star in the sky. What's the first? Astoria asked. Maya and Draco shared a grin. Sirius. June 10th, 2007. This is a very special necklace, Maya said, as she handed it to Regulus, who observed each side of the pendant with interest, noting both the Potter and Black family crests. Draco gave it to me the day I married your father. The seven-year-old nodded thoughtfully, looking focused as he was likely trying to remember what his parents had told him to say to Karina. He had taken to her immediately, tugging on her hair the same way he did with Hope, the way he tried to do once with Lily before Ginny had told him that unless you were siblings, pulling on a girl's hair meant he wanted to kiss them. Ooh, I am okay with that teaching. No, no, never mind. Wait, what? No. no. No, I was going to say, you know, the opposite of if a boy is being mean to you, it means he likes you. Getting a boy mm-hmm. to not be mean because, no, but no. No, because no, it, it no, still because teaches the that, same yeah, thing. No, no, I was like, oh, that, no, no, it still teaches the same thing. Well, I mean, the opposite, I guess, which is if you like a girl, being be a mean, mean to, to her. girl, yeah. Yep. June 10th, 2007. Oh, fuck. Oh, wait, no, no. Fuck. Okay. Karina was different. Mm, Oh. But Karina was different. She had been living with them for weeks, and despite Tilly tucking her into her own bed in the same room that used to belong to Maya, she crawled out each and every night, finding her way into Regulus's room and tucking herself in beside him. When Teddy, Hope, Jamie, and Alba spent the night a week earlier... The adults woke early the next morning to find all of their children piled together in one large bed, curled around Karina. It was that night that Sirius and Maya had taken Regulus aside and told them of their plan to adopt her. Regulus stepped forward, trying to appear formal, but his stark resemblance to his father made that nearly impossible as far as Maya was concerned. He looped the necklace around Karina's neck and said to her, Our courage and craft will always be pure. You're my sister, and now that makes you a black. It's full circle. The end! Ish. There's still another epilogue, but... Cat is dying because it is late. I am dying because there's only one real chapter left. And also because I am tired and have to wake up for 4 a.m. tomorrow. Um, But let's take a minute to thank our patrons. Alright. <clears throat> We'd like to thank our May dogs, stags, and wolves. We'd like to thank Olivia, Rebecca, Florence, Macy, Catherine, and Becky. We'd like to thank our May foxes. Muggle Trucker, Steph, Um Bitches Getting Stitches, Tyler Maria, Anthony, Tori, Miriam, Patrick, Camille, Stacy, Shannon, Martina, Shauna, Sandra, Kayla, Nicole, Silja, Crystal, Claire, Kenny, Jordan, Saraya. Ryland, Rachel, Carissa, Luann, Mommers, Carly, April, Kaylin, Karina, Melissa, Tiffany, Queen Shia's tear donor, Audrey, Cassie, Aggie Mae, Susan, Samantha, 
Crystal, Cauldron Mist, Juliana, Jillian, Brittany, Kendra, Jesse, Misha, and Ryder. Thank you so much to all of our patrons. We love you so much. We would not be here without you. And we especially appreciate you supporting us as it gets harder and harder to finish this podcast. And as we get close to the end, um, as an, and we still owe them that one AO3. We haven't done that. And we say that every time. Jesus. Yeah. No, there's, we do say that every time. Um, at this point, I'm more interested in getting actual episodes recorded and it'll be nice, fun bonuses down the road. Yep. Um, that being said, uh, I'm not sure how to do this, but um, the podcast hosting will need to be paid indefinitely to keep the podcast on the air. Um, so I don't know how much that will cost to keep up for however long. Um, we will probably just reduce it to only being a $1 tier uh, just to make sure that people can get access to the bonus content and whatnot. But um to all of our $10 fans, etc., cetera, uh, we will be dropping that down and ending that. Um, if you became a five, uh, a wolf or a fox since probably June of last year, you have not gotten your fucking decals because I'm super goddamn behind. Um, luckily, there's only like 50 of you and not more. Um, only. But yeah, only. <laughs> but i i swear i am there's just major adhd block on this um but i have learned that procrastination is avoidance and uh anxiety caused by anxiety so i will be figuring out why that makes me so anxious and i will get around to that eventually i promise i love you i've started just writing out all the postcards we'll start there but uh we love you je t'aime we will see you next Fire Whiskey Friday. Or whatever day it happens to go live because it is now a once a month. <laughs> that was so close to the mic. <laughs> really lean <laughs> in. Hey guys, Fire Whiskey Friday. I don't know where that came from. I, I don't know. I've either. been doing a lot of voiceover challenges on TikTok. I am aware. <laughs> oh, I only posted one of the eight I recorded. But anyway. Whoop-a! Thank you for listening to another episode of Fire, Whiskey, and Honey. A special thank you to Shyalani for allowing us to read your story. And thank you to Blue Ivy Creations for creating our logo and Hannah Beth for editing our episodes. You can find us on Instagram at FWHpod. And on Twitter at FWHpodcast. And on our website, FWHpod.com. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support and get extra content, please support us on Patreon and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to those who support us already. We wouldn't be here without you. See you next Fire Whiskey Friday.